I'm turning this evening to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 29. The words of Paul, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use the world, this world, as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. My friends, my subject for this evening is uh, all the world's a stage, all the world's a stage. I'm sure you recognize uh, where that comes from, Shakespeare, and we'll get to that uh, in a moment. But in this chapter, a uh, very well-known chapter, it's a chapter on marriage, and here Paul is addressing uh, the topic of marriage. It's not what we'll be discussing ourselves tonight, but uh, in it he gives some very good advice uh, to married people, and he gives some advice and counsel uh, to single people, uh, to the unmarried people, and uh, even there's uh, advice uh, in here for, for slaves, for those who are servants, and how they should uh, conduct uh, themselves. But uh, in between uh, his advice for these individual groups of people, he also uh, puts in these verses which is applicable for everyone. It's not uh, suited for just one particular group. Here is his advice for everyone, how we are to live our life in this uh, world, regardless of their, their, their status, regardless of their background, regardless of their position in life, regardless of their marital state, this is something that applies to all. This I say, brethren, the time is short. The fashion of this world is passing away. And what he's going to be saying uh, to them and to us is that the thing, our time in this life, because it's so short, we, it's, it's all passing away, but we should pay an especial attention to the spiritual side of things. We should pay, not get so bogged down uh, with the temporal things of life and with earthly things, but we shouldn't lose, lose uh, uh, the sense and the focus that the important thing in life is our soul and our relationship with God. What he's saying here, as we'll see, is that uh, the things of this world are literally passing away. They are flying past us. We pass from, uh, with great rapidity from one scene in life to another scene to another scene until very soon we are caught up in eternity. We're standing before the Lord. We're giving an account of our lives. So he's uh, emphasizing to us the time of our life is short. Therefore, you must make the most use of it. You must make the best use of it. You must use this time to come to know the Lord. Seek Him. Find Him. Get into a right relationship with Him. Don't build all your hopes and, uh, in just this temporary life. Well, that's what we're uh, thinking about uh, this evening. The time is short. The time of our life, friends, of course, you don't need me to tell you this, the time of our life in this world really is short. It's a brief moment, really, that we spend here. Oh, we may reach 70 or 80, if God wills, 
They're saying today, the experts, the medical people are telling us we're living longer these days than our ancestors. Well, how much longer? One year, two years, three years, maybe longer? It's not much. What is that? What is, all this? What is 70 years? What is 80 years? Uh, compared to eternity. There's no guarantee we're even going to reach 70 or 80. But friends, when we compare our lifetime here in this world compared to eternity where there is no time and there is no ending, it's so short. It's incomparable, isn't it? And how quickly our time here passes. Not only is it short, but it passes so quickly. It's like an express train. It's going so fast. It's like uh, we go from uh, our youth and we think we've got a whole of life and we've got all time is on our side in our youth when we are young and the world is as it were before us. But very soon we're into adult life and once you're into adult life, very quickly it goes into uh, middle age and before you know it, you're collecting your pension. And it just moves faster and faster as, as you're getting older and older. It's like being on a long train journey. And, uh, you know, perhaps you fall asleep. You're traveling a, a far into the far distance, but you f uh, fall asleep uh, very early on in the journey. And, but when you wake up uh, a few hours down the line, and you've already gone so far, and you, you can't imagine you've traveled so far in such a sh short space of time, and you're astonished that so quickly you've almost arrived at your destination. It's like sometimes, you know, when you go to bed early, and you, you, you retire early, you want to have an early night, and then you, you, you go to bed, but then very soon you're, you're waking up again. You say, oh, I only just went to bed. It feels like you've just, you've just woken up. You've just gone to bed. The time has gone so, so quick, and you wish you could stay in bed longer, but you can't. You have to get up, you have to get going. Well, time, our life in this world is like that. It goes so rapidly, friends. It passes by much quicker. Oh, we, we, no one, no one is going, uh, who is alive in the world today is going to live in this world forever. We're like products in a sense, with an expiry date on our lives. Time, a date that is known only to God. A time when we, we will die and we must go to our eternal home. Before that, we must stand uh, before God and give an account of our life. So it's so vital, friends. Since the time of my life and your life is, still, is so very short that we should make the most of it. Oh, yes, perhaps you say, I agree with you. Make the most of it. Yeah, let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's have a good time. Since life is so short, yeah, let's get the best out of it. Try and have the most pleasure out of it, the most joy out of it. Make the most money out of it. Try and be as comfortable as I can. Well, you can do that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying don't have a comfortable life. I'm all for you having a comfortable life. I'm all for you having joy and happiness in your life. I wish you that. I want that for myself. But the thing is, friends, don't do that to the neglect of your soul. Don't let it be your sole focus, only this world, and only having a good time, and only pleasure. Think about God. Think about eternity. 
Don't live without God. Don't forget God. You know, to go to hell, if, I'm sorry if I put it so directly, but to go to hell, you don't need to do anything. You just need to forget God. You just need to do, just carry on your own life. And that will take a person into an eternal destiny away from God. So it's so vital. If we want to escape that place, surely we all do. If surely we all, none of us, want to go to that eternal state, then we have to make an effort to seek the Lord and to find Him. So be wise, friends. This is a call to us to be wise with our use of time. You only have an allocated... How much have you used up already of the time? How much have you got left? The sands of time are sinking for you and for me. Have you used your time wisely thus far? What will you do with the future time that you have? You don't have long to get right with the Savior. In verse 31, Paul says, the fashion of this world is passing away. Now when you first read that, perhaps you may think he's talking about the physical world. Perhaps you're thinking uh, he's talking about this physical world is, is passing away. And perhaps as some uh, into Bible, uh, Bible versions say, it's the form of this world. But actually that's not quite right. Because the word here is actually the appearance of this world. It's true that the physical world is going to disappear at the end of time, or rather be re remade. It's going to be purified with fire, and it's going to be remade and reconstituted. That's going to happen for sure. But that's not what Paul is actually referring to here. What, what's here is, is, is not the word uh, form, but appearance. And he's, referring to, he's speaking about life. He's speaking about our life in this world and the life that we live in this world, the life as we know it, it's not going to be uh, permanent. It's passing away. The experiences of, life, of this world are, are passing away. It's the word fashion here also is a figure of speech uh, that is taken from uh, the play. It's taken from a drama. And here you have a drama, really, which is moving from one scene to another scene to another scene to another scene in quick succession. And that's the idea behind this word, fashion. And that's where I got my title from, uh, about all the world's a stage. You know what Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and the, all the men and women are merely players in it. And that's just, uh, just what it's like for us. Oh, friends, as, let me go through uh, with this idea and this thought of a, of a play and of scenes and use that, as Paul has done here, to talk about some of the different scenes of life that we pass through. Firstly, in verse 29, we could say there are five scenes, and uh, this is scene one. The, the curtain rises, and uh, here we are introduced to a very happy scene in verse 29, the second part, uh, it remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And here in this first scene, we, we have a wedding. And it's a, everyone loves a wedding. <laughs> Everybody wants to be invited to a wedding. And in this wedding, you can see uh, everyone is very happy. Of course, 
the, the bride and the groom, they're especially happy, they're in love. They've got eyes only for each other, they're, they're delighting in, in each other, and everyone around them is also very happy and very uh, is smiling widely. The parents are smiling, all the guests are smiling. Everybody's got this uh, uh, good, good uh, feeling about them because it's such a, a joyful occasion. Marriage, that which is um, made by God, a gift from God, uh, for a, a man and a woman to come together in holy matrimony. This is God's ordination. It's God's gift so that man will not be alone, so that he will have companionship and friendship throughout his earthly life. He will have an earthly companion. This is a happiness that is God-given. It's not uh, something that is, he is against. Or if a person is is uh, on another part of the stage. Here are two friends, and uh, they, are, they are talking together. They're not married, they're, they're both single, but they're enjoying each other's company. They're the best of friends. They're laughing together, they're giggling together. They're, they're, they're having their own conversations together. And uh, they're, they're good friends, they're, they're excellent friends. And they, they're there for each other, they're close friends. And her brother, he was born in adversity, he says to one another, or friends, oh, this is a lovely scene, a happy scene that we have before us. And these are valuable things that we have in life. These are God-given things. Friendship, marriage, companionship. These are relationships that we have. We have so many relationships with different people that we value and we treasure with our children, with our family, with our friends, and so on. And we value them and we treasure them. For well, these are all make our life so much so pleasant, isn't it? In, in, this, in this world. But what we shouldn't do is make an idol out of those friends. What we shouldn't do is make an idol out of our spouse or our children or our best friends. It would be wrong to take that gift from God and to be so obsessed with, with that person that they become our God. Oh, friends, this is not how it is. To love a person is, is a good thing, but to love them more than God, that would be a sin. The primary relationship that is in our life must always be that vertical relationship that we have with God, with the Lord. We must love Him above everyone else. That should be the first thing. Well, the curtain comes down, and uh, the, the curtain rises again for scene two. Scene two we have here in verse 30. They that weep as though they wept not. And now it's a completely different scene. Instead of a happy scene, it's a tremendously sad scene. Here is a funeral. Here is a coffin. Here is a loved one who has passed away, who's been taken ripped from her family. And all around her, there is there's sadness, there is tears, there is grief, there is pain. And uh, people are, we are weeping because a loved one uh, is no more. And in another part of the, another corner of the stage is a, a semi-scene, as it were. As, and somebody there, uh, he's, he's mourning over his, his losses, he's, he's lost out in his business. Uh, his business endeavor, he put so much capital, so much money into that project, and it's, it's all come to nothing. And now he's, he's so sad, 
and, he, and what's happened to him, and he can't, he can't bear, bear the loss, and he can't, he can't see the, 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 the step ahead. Everything has come to nothing. Here is a man in another corner. He's lost his job. He's been made redundant, and he doesn't know what to do. How's he going to support his family? How's he going to make ends meet? It's a sad world that we're living in. Here's, an, here's another lady, and she's, she's a rich lady. She's got, she's got millions of dollars. She invested $6 million in, a, in an investment scheme that was guaranteed to have good returns, but it failed. And now she's lost her $6 million. This is a true story. This is what really happened to somebody. They, had, they wanted a better retirement. $6 million was gone. It's a sad world that we're living in, friends. It's, uh, it's, there is so much, really, to distress us and to make us to weep, to reduce us to tears that really, these things really happen. We cry, oh, friends, though, as if it, the worst thing, uh, as if it was the worst thing in the world. But I have to say, friends, when Paul says here, uh, they that weep as though they wept not, I have to tell you that there is something much more uh, troubling and much more worrying, much more distressing than even these things. Death is terrible, the worst. But there's a second death which is much worse. There is a second death where a person who hasn't believed in Christ will be cast into that everlasting hell, that everlasting torment that we've mentioned already. And that is a most distressing thing. Nothing of the distresses which are in this world can compare with that. Oh, friends, what, what shall be done in such a case uh, if I'm not saved, if I don't come to the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance and trust in Him, and then to have to face that uh, condemnation by the Lord at the last day, that judgment to we hear, hear those terrible words. Oh, won't it, I'll be weeping forever, as it were, to hear him say, depart from me, be cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The temporary griefs of life will be forgotten because the grief of that time will be so much worse. But oh, let's move on because the scene again changes uh, in uh, scene three. And uh, when the curtain rises this time, again, it's a, a scene of rejoicing. And it's a, a happy scene. They that rejoice as though they rejoiced not. And here we have on the stage again, uh, they, in one corner of the stage, uh, there's a, a, a girl. Uh, she's 17, 18 years old. And uh, she's jumping up and down. And uh, she's so happy because uh, she's got a letter in her hand from a prestigious university and she's been offered a job. Sorry, offered a position at the university and she's so glad. She's put in the hard work. She's burned the midnight oil and now she's reaping her rewards. She's got that place at the university that she, she dreamt of. And there's another uh, an, a, a young man on the other side, and he's so happy. <laughs> he's, he's dangling his, his uh, keys in his hand. Uh, this is the keys to his car, his first car. He's passed his driving test, and now he's got his car, and he's so glad he's got those keys in his hand. There's a couple, and they're rejoicing uh, as well, uh, not far from this young man. And, and this cup, the, the couple, well, they've, 
they're, they're by the beach, they're, they're nice loose clothing they're wearing and they're walking by the beach and they're staying in a nice hotel where everything is done for them and they're just enjoying these things and it's good for them. Oh, there's another couple and they're there, they're, it's, an, it's an elderly couple and they're on the phone and the husband's holding the phone but the wife's also holding it with the other hand and they're list, she's listening in, what's happening, what's the news on the other end? Oh, they're smiling. They're very happy, they're rejoicing because they're going to be a grandma and a grandpa. They just found out the news is filtering through to them and they're overjoyed, they're rejoicing. Oh, friends, we could multiply such scenes to us in our life. Oh, rejoice in these things. Yes, rejoice. Rejoice in, re rejoice in them all. But remember, these are only temporary joys. The joy of these things will soon ebb away, friends. We need something more solid than the temporary joys. Enjoy those things. By all means, enjoy it. But you need something which is more permanent. You need something which is more lasting uh, than these things. The Lord said, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That you're going to heaven. Your Lord knows you. That's something to rejoice over. Rejoice in Christ who came in from heaven. Rejoice that there is a Savior provided for sinners. What would we do if there was no sinner, if there was no Savior? That would be the most distressing thing ever. That we were lost and we had no one who we could turn to to save us. But we can rejoice that there is somebody who has come from heaven, the Son of God, and taken upon Himself, upon Calvary's cross, the penalty of sin for all who will trust in His name. And if I just simply believe in Him and turn from my sin and trust in Him, He will save me and He will take me to heaven. Oh, how we should rejoice that there is such a Savior for you and I. But let's move on. Scene 4, oh, this is uh, here in, also in verse 30. They that buy as though they possess not. And I, this is the, uh, an open plan office that is brought before our eyes. They that buy. Everyone is working away. Everyone is at their desk. They're fully engaged in their work. Each one is using that skill that he has and the acumen that he has uh, to get his work done and he's, he's, he's delighting in, in finding all those bugs in the programs and in the, uh, putting those plans together and that uh, he feels he's being uh, useful and contributing to the work there. That's wonderful. In the, in the one corner there's a banker that he's, he's spending all his time uh, in, 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 in his field and uh, he hardly ever goes home. He hardly ever sees his family. He's so committed to his work. There's a train driver. Oh, he wants an extra money. He wants an extra holiday. He wants a bigger house. So he's, he's on Sundays, overtime. There he is. He's working away as, as, as hard as he can. Oh, uh, there are others uh, also. There's that salesman. He must put in the extra hours because every extra purchase, every extra sale that he makes, commission. And so it's a busy scene that we have uh, before us. Our friends who came, it's good and you should be diligent in your work. Work also is a gift from God. We were never meant to be just twiddling our thumbs and having everything done for us. We find 
God has given you those abilities. God has given the ability to manage people or to see uh, things and uh, that logical mind that you have, the acumen, the business acumen they have. Use them, yes, by all means. Find satisfaction in your job. Yes, by all means, do that. But don't be so immersed in things. Don't be so engrossed in things in your business that you work night and day, that you put all your eggs just in this one basket of your work and of uh, business and of making money. And you neglect the most important thing about you, your soul and your relationship with God. But then I must move quickly to the final scene because time is going. And this final scene here is in verse 31. They that use this world as not abusing it. And this is a very busy scene that we have here. Here is a marketplace where people are buying and selling. Here is an auctioneer and people are crowded in to buy antiques and other things which are on sale in that particular place. And there is a lady in another corner and she's of the stage and she's just looking in, into a, a window. She's just gazing into a shop window and all the products are before her. And she, she can't buy, but she's just looking. She wants to buy, but she can't buy. And there's a man, and he's uh, bent over his computer in his room, his bedroom. Oh, you look at his room. Oh, there it is. He's, he's surrounded by all different kinds of toys. But uh, he's, he's bent over his computer because he's shopping for more. He's doing online shopping for more things uh, to put, fill his bedroom with. And right at the center, there's that young man. And he's on a nice comfy bed. And his head is laid back on the pillow. And he's dreaming. He's daydreaming. He's thinking about, oh, when he has money, all the things that he's going to buy. And he's dreaming of that nice fancy car that he's driving, he can see it in his mind's eye, and he's already thinking about it, and he's thinking about the nice house that he's going to be living in, and all the luxuries that are going to fill that house. Well, that's material possessions, friends. Oh, that's what uh, is filling uh, this scene. Now, once again, (laughs) there's nothing wrong in having things. You need possessions. We all have possessions. We all need things. It makes life easier. It makes life more comfortable. Yes. Yes, you can have them. There's, these are gifts as well from God for us to enjoy. We live in the modern world. We can use modern appliances. But here Paul says, don't abuse them. They that use this world as not abusing them. And the meaning there is, uh, don't be so attached to your possessions. Don't be so obsessed with them. That, don't be obsessed with having more and more and more. Oh, friends, it's a shallow person whose life is built and whose heart is in his possessions alone. Oh, the Lord said, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that, which he possesseth. Is that us, friends? <laughs> Is that you and me? That our life is only about what we have in comparison with other people? Is that us? Oh, friends, you were made for something much deeper than just earthly things and possessions. You were made for God. You were made for a relationship with Him. You were made to walk with God, to know God, 
to be used by God, to, you were made to have a personal relationship with the Lord. This is what the substantial things of life are. This is what we need. And God gives it to us freely by His grace if we ask Him for it. Well, the play is over. The scenes of life uh, in this particular case come to an end. The fashion, friends, this is what Paul is saying. The appearance, this kind of life is passing away and soon we shall be, leave it all behind and we shall be ushered into eternity. Am I ready for eternity? Am I ready? Have I made preparations to meet the Lord? What do I have inside? What do I have, friends, in me? Do I have something substantial? Do I have faith in the Lord? Can I say with all sincerity, I have faith in Christ? What kind of a character do I have? Because your character is what you'll take with you. You'll leave all those earthly things behind. You know that. You cannot take it with you. But you will take your character, and if you have faith in Christ, you will take that with you to heaven, or to the Lord. The actors in the play, and with this I come to a close, the actors in the play, well, you know, they may play some very important person. You know, they may play a, an emperor, and when they're on stage, well, they've got, they don all the emperor's clothing and the hat, and people kowtow down to, to them, and, and uh, everyone listens to everything they do. Uh, but that's only on the stage as soon as the play is over and, and the act, acts are at the end and everyone has gone home. So too the actor has to take off those emperor, uh, empirical royal robes. He has to uh, don on his ordinary clothes and he has to go home to his bedsit and to his life uh, there in his, uh, in his little, uh, in his home, in his, uh, sh it's his shallow life. He has to return to that plain kind of living. He is not really an emperor after all. He was just acting. He was a shallow, really, his life is. He was just all an act. That could be us. That could be us. The whole of our life, just acting. Put a, we don't really have anything substantial Everything about us is just shallow, shallow and empty without Christ, without God. And when we put it off and we, end, we go up to meet our Lord, how will we go? Oh, friends, come to Christ. Come to Christ. He can give you an abundant life. Oh, you will have all these other earthly things to enjoy as well. But you will have that primary thing, faith in the Lord blessing from God, and eternal salvation. Come to Him tonight. Trust in Him. Go yourself before the Lord. Pray and say, Lord, give me these things I've heard about tonight. Give me a new heart, Lord. Save me. Make me one of your own. May the Lord help us to do this. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, our God and Father, how we thank you once again for your great goodness. And when we see all the good things even in life that we enjoy, may it but lead us to yourself. May it never stop in just those things. 
May we take them from your hands and rejoice in them, but, oh Lord, grant to us those spiritual blessings which are so much more valuable and precious. May they be ours. May we be yours. Oh Lord, hear our prayer and bless us each one. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. And let's close by singing our final hymn, which is number 401. My faith looks up to thee. 401.